We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are go. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! All right, here we go. So good to see you, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet, and we've got another magical conversation for you today from the Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn Las Vegas. There is a 100% chance that you've seen Murray the Magician. It's just a matter of where have you seen him? Where do you recognize him from? For me, it's his time on Pawn Stars. He's been on the show for like 18 seasons as their magic expert. He was also a semifinalist on America's Got Talent. But I think for a lot of people, it's just the online views he's had. He's a viral sensation. Over 4 billion views online. A lot of those on his YouTube channel. A ton of those on his Facebook page. He also performs live at the Tropicana Vegas and fantasy at the Luxor nightly. So he's all over the place. He should be, he should be on your social media. Give him a follow. He's at Murray Sawchuck. That is his real last name. Give me a follow. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. That's also my real last name. And big shout out to Scarlito. Scarlito, who left this review on Apple Podcasts. It says, awesome. I never really thought about listening to the podcast until I tuned in and I heard one. Now, throughout my shifts at work, which I'm when I'm bored, which is all the time, all I do is listen to the show. Well, thank you so much for leaving those kind words. Thank you for listening to the show. And I appreciate the review on Apple Podcasts. I'll continue to read one out on every single episode as my way to say a thank you. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And let's take a journey right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's Murray the Magician, a.k.a. Murray Sawchuck. I like how you said, like, as long as my hair looks okay. <laughs> that's You're so known for your hair. Yeah, thank God I have it. Yeah, I say the honest. same thing all the time. Right, you got good hair. It's, it doesn't, it's not, yeah. I mean, good hair. I have good hair? You have good hair. You have great hair. Well, it's, well, it's ridiculous. Great hair. It's ridiculous, dude. Look at it. I mean, did you come out of the womb looking like this? That's it. Just hair. It's just hair. <laughs> no body. It was just like, he's in there somewhere. And I'm like, hey, mama. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, were, you were like a, a troll doll. It, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. I love those dolls. We go like this and the hair goes, not great. With the pencils. Remember that pencil that used to have a thing at the end? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I feel like people know you from so many different places. For me, I remember the, seeing you for the first time on Pawn Stars. Sure. Yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah, that's probably. And you're still doing it. I'm still doing it. And they're still on the air, which is unbelievable, you know, but yeah. it just goes, goes to tell you what 
cool and good TV they put out there. And it's also a TV show that anyone can watch. H2 to 102. It doesn't offend anybody. Yeah. It's educational. And it's even great TV to have in the background. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, you know. So when someone bumps into you on the Las Vegas Strip and they go, oh, I know you from... What is it normally? That's exactly what it is. Like, you're... Yeah, and I'm like, yep. And I just keep walking usually. So I'm like, well, that's good enough. Or some people, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, you're the guy from, and I'm like, I am. And that's the end of it. It could be, who knows? And I go, I, guess, I assume they knew who I was. But I think growing up in the business, obviously I was a magician originally, still am. But as I involved with doing different television shows, I really wanted to create a brand and a look that I could be a host of a show, the neighbor next door on a TV show. Mm -hmm. uh, I could do a stupid show like Wipeout, which I did, or Deal or No Deal, whatever it is. Um, and just kind of be that guy, you know, and almost like you and I were talking before with live is talk about Carrot Top. You don't need to say what Carrot Top does. He's just Carrot Top. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I was been trying to create over all my career. So I can be a historian like on Pawn Stars and talk educated, you know, or I can be on stage and talk ridiculous in my comedy and not be taken that serious. You fall into so many categories because, I mean, you are Murray the Magician, but you're also Murray the Actor and you're Murray the Historian. Sure. And you're Murray the Comedian. Yep. Yep. Murray, Murray the gardener, the plumber, whatever you need. I'm available for birthday <laughs> parties. I can paint your house, whatever you do. As long as you're paying me, I'll do it. You know? <laughs> when you were a kid, and by the way, I'm a fellow Canadian. Uh, yeah, I know that. You're from the East Coast, right? I am Toronto, from Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I, I read about you. It's, uh, <laughs> I know you. And then, then we're going to do that thing where, uh, you know, the Canadians always talk about Canada and, oh, yes. look at all the other great Canadians exactly. that are doing it here exactly. in the U.S. Yeah, of course, the Jim Carrey's and the yeah, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen's. Yeah. And, uh, Alex Martin Trebek. Short, yeah. yeah, keep going. Justin Bieber. Yeah. Oh, do we claim Do we claim him? Sure. sure. Why not? What the okay. He's famous. Ryan he's Reynolds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's my wife's favorite actor. He's, well, you Boy. better watch out. There. I know. He's definitely, you he's know. He's very charming. Isn't he? Oh. Hell, I date him. I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, he's so funny. <laughs> and his wife's gorgeous as well, right? So, oh, yeah. The best. I mean, yeah. And I love his post. Like, he's just very funny. He's very witty. Yeah. So, when you were growing up in Burnaby, did you always have dreams of working some? Where in show business? Yeah, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, I started in the business when I was five years old, um, Ukrainian dancing, because I'm half Ukrainian and I'm half Scottish. And so that's where Sawchuk comes from. I really Murray Sawchuk and then Murray Scottish. So my, Murray is my mother's last name and I got it as my first. And of course, Sawchuk my father's last name. And so I grew up Ukrainian dancing and I trained ballet. I played accordion. And I, I quit all that because I wanted a girlfriend. <laughs> because let's be honest, accordion's not that sexy. Yeah. I know, could have been saxophone, but no. And uh, and then as I got into it, I got a magic kid when I was seven, eight years old, like a lot of kids. Kind of liked it. I was already in front of the audience, liked the attention. Only child to begin with, so that doesn't, you know, like attention as well. And then, uh, and then I just kind of picked up. I got paid a few bucks for doing some tricks for kids' birthday parties. And I thought, well, this is kind of cool, you know? So, yeah, and I did all the shows in Lower Mainland, Vancouver, Burnaby, all that, you know? The interesting thing is we've had a lot of magicians on the show and a lot of them have a similar story where I got a magic kit when I was a kid, but lots of kids got magic kits when they were kids. Yeah. Why was it different for you? I think it was different for me because I think I already had the background of liking entertainment. Like I love watching shows. I love watching, even as a kid, watching concerts on TV. My father worked uh, two jobs. He was for the railway, which is my whole family was in that. Uh, CN Rail. Very Canadian. Very Canadian. Yeah. And he worked for Canadian National Railway, oh, okay. CN, of course, you know. Yeah. And then he also worked as an usher at the PNE, which is the Pacific National Exhibition, which yeah. is our big coliseum downtown Vancouver, which used to be. Now it's not. It's a smaller one and it's not used as much. But I got to sneak in and see all these shows because he was the usher. And, um, and so he would sneak me in between the big rock and roll buses from everybody from Color Me Bad to Paul Abdul to 
George Strait and Willie Nell, you name a star, he would sneak me in to watch him uh, because I liked it. And I'd be 12. I wouldn't necessarily know who they were, but I liked entertainment. And of course, I became to like them. And that's why I like everybody from Kiss to Alice Cooper to George Strait, you know. Um, so I learned that being an entertainer is pretty cool. You know, you get to all the audience, you get the attention, you, you get to share your talent if you yeah. have some, you know. So that's kind of how I evolved as a kid growing into it. I thought, man, this would be cool to do as a living. And there's something about being in front of an audience and eliciting that response from them. It's like a drug. It is, you know. Perhaps the most powerful drug. It is. Yeah, you know, and, and you're getting, it's that fact of, it's instant gratification. You know, that's the difference, as you know, between doing TV or an yeah. interview like this. When you have a live audience, either you're funny or you're not. You know, either you're amazing or you're not, or good, because you hear from the audience. Whereas when you do a TV show or act, you don't hear it till you walk on the street later after it airs. Going, oh my God, I saw that thing. You know, so it's interesting that live performance and you can't beat that high or that rush. Yeah. Like even sitting here, this it's like we're producing this in a vacuum. That's right. You know, yeah. Thousands of people will end up listening to this and watching right. this, but yeah. it's just you and I sitting in this be at, yeah. beautiful room here. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, so that's, people don't realize that yet when they're at home, they feel like they're involved. Like we all are, Yeah. you know, and that's, that's the magic of entertainment, you know? I feel like there's magic in everything. Like, sure. And I, and I think that that's a beautiful thing about being a magician is because yes, you can perform magic for people, but there truly is magic in like everyday situations too. Oh, hundred percent. I've always said that. I said, you know, we, there's days because I love working outside. Like a lot of people hike a mountain or they do yoga or Pilates. And I go to the gym as well, but I love walking around my property and working in my yard, cutting trees and doing just cool things. Murray the gardener. Exactly. Yeah. And and my wife and actually uh, I uh, started a landscaping company during COVID because I liked it so much. And I thought, well, nobody else is doing anything. We can do it outside. So we, we have a whole company on that side of things. But for me, just going outside and looking at a flower, and it sounds ridiculous, but looking at a pansy or a rose. And you look at a rose. If you, you know, I know we buy roses and we just give them to people or put them in a vase or whatever, a vase. Um, you look at a rose and how it's made, you go, that's pretty amazing. Mm. Like I, I can't even draw a rose, let alone make something that cool. Yeah, you put a seed, some water, and you get this really cool looking flower that I have no idea how it grew looked like to look like that with thorns, mm. you know? So, but everyday magic, like, yeah, there's everything, you know? So yeah, if you really take your mind out of it and really appreciate certain things, pretty cool. Do you think there's a difference between an illusion and a trick? There is and there isn't at the end of the day. Uh, a lot of people growing up in the business when you're trying to make it and you're trying to be a star, you don't want to be called a magician. You want to be called an illusionist because it sounds more expensive and rich and high end and whatever the hell you want to call it. I just say I do tricks for a living. You know what I mean? It's kind of like Frank Sinatra said he was a saloon singer because we know he wasn't, but he was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so now when people ask what I just said, I do tricks for a living, you know? And, but yeah, growing up, you know, I'm an illusionist, you know? And usually illusionists are magicians that do stuff with bigger items, you know, like, on America's Got Talent, I vanished a train and a, a car and a bunch yeah. of stuff. And that would be an illusion because the idea is, no, I did not vanish a train. I mean, yeah, I did. If you watch, I, I did you vanish did. it. Yeah. But I couldn't just like this. I mean, that's, you know, but so I'm creating this illusion that you really don't see it there. When it might be there, it might not be, but it, it just didn't vanish in the air. There is a skill to that. So that's, that's whereas a magic trick would be putting a coin in my hand and then it's not there which would be sleight of hand as well. But that is more atoned to a magic trick because it's more self-contained. Whereas an illusion, to vanish a car or a truck, I can't just do that on my own. It takes a team of people and lighting right. and a lot of cool things that make it happen, you know. So maybe that would probably be the, you know, definition of it, you know. Do you remember the first trick that you ever did when you were a kid? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I just texted a friend of mine who taught me my first trick. His name is Martin. He's almost 80 now. And I didn't know where he was. So I texted a buddy of mine asking him where he was and he's still around. 
And it's a trick where you basically take an elastic band um, and you put it around two fingers and it looks like it's around those two. You snap your fingers and it jumps to the other two fingers. And it's, a, it's a trick you'd see on the back of a cereal box or a Cracker Jack box that would teach you. Yeah. It's a very simple thing that when you do the move, it will just happen. And, you know, when you learn anything, I don't care whether it's music or comedy or magic, you want to give somebody something very simple so there's an instant gratification. And therefore, that'll build upon something, hopefully, that'll be successful versus giving the hardest thing to do and then failing. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, we're done, you know? So, so yeah, it was probably one of the first tricks, this little jumping elastic band thing. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm going to have yeah. to learn how to do this. I, I will show you, yeah, for sure. Oh, you can teach me? Yeah, wow. a couple elastic bands, I will show you, of course. <laughs> yes, that... I will teach you, yeah. Where does the germ of, of an idea come from for one of your new tricks or one of your new illusions? Um, I think the idea comes from just experience and what's funny to me. You know what I mean? Like I did a bit years ago where you make a rabbit appear in a hat, right? Which I've never done yet in my life. And you think magicians do this. I've yet to seen in my career, I've been doing this for a long time, a magician actually produce a rabbit of a hat. Never. But it's our symbol, rabbit in a hat. Wow. I've never seen it. I don't know if you ever have. I have never. Think about it. Have you ever seen a magician actually show an empty hat and pull a rabbit out of it? I, I Maybe on cartoons, maybe Tom yeah, and Jerry, but I've never seen... Copperfield, I've never seen black. I've never seen it had done. I feel like that's below people like you and Copperfield. You think of it, but I've never seen it though, right? It's <laughs> yeah. amazing, right? Yeah. So, so I'm thinking, but that's our symbol, isn't that right? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting when you look look at things that what people do. So I had this idea where well, there's a rabbit in the hat thing. So here's the bit. So big stage, but a thousand, two thousand seat theater. Theater's all open, and I go to the front person. I go check out the hat. Nothing in the hat, right? Mm. You're not going to believe it. it's the most amazing trick you ever see. Nothing in the hat. Make sure there's no rabbits or nothing. And I have a table staged left, a long table, four by eight table. You'd see the banquet covered with a black cloth. And I set a black hat on top of it. So I thought, how would I want to make it a rabbit appear in a hat? And this is the way I would do it. So I did it and it worked out good. But I just took a risk. So I had, uh, I had a hat empty. They've seen it. I put it on the edge of the table. I go watch very carefully. Count of three. Everyone to help me count three. A rabbit didn't appear inside that hat. You had a look at the hat. No questions asked. Here we go. I go, one, two, three. And I scream. Remember, this is a big theater. Yeah. Off the mic, I scream, now. And all of a sudden, you hear this guy, ah. And you see from the rafters, a guy in a rabbit suit come flying down, miss the hat, and fall behind the table. And he lands. And I look at the audience, go, did he hit the hat? And I'm not even looking at it yet. And all of a sudden, you see him stand up behind the table and then fall back down and get dragged off stage. And that's it. And, and I just go, thank you very much. But that's my style. And it just killed. It was one of those bits because it was just so stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's how I look at things going, okay, there's a rabbit in the hat. Okay, empty hat. It's a rabbit. To me, that's lovely, but it's pretty obvious. And not obvious, but it's pretty, you already know where it's going. Whereas this trick, you're expecting a little rabbit to come out of the hat, right? Because that's the bit. And you see a man in a full-size, like you and I in a rabbit costume, come flying <laughs> from the rafters, just yeah. falling down, misses the hat. You know, and he stands up and it falls down again and gets dragged off stage. To me, that's funny. It's not even a trick, but it's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a spectacle. So do they all have to have some sort of element of humor for you? I Now they do. Yeah. Back in the old days, it did. You know, when I was younger, I wanted to be on the top most amazing, you know, I had the secret power that no one else had, magician. Like, I think a lot of people try to, have. And, um, I watched myself laughing at myself. I'm going, yeah, it's good. And I fool a lot of people, but I'm like, I just want to come out of that character and be honest. I just want to say something, you know, I want to like Bob Hope back in the old days used to break the, the third wall and look at the audience. He'd yeah. be making a love scene with a girl. Like you're so good. I hope she likes me. And you're so good. You know, and you're like, did he just look at the camera and say, I hope she likes me. And yeah. she, you know, and I love that kind of thing. So in magic, I've always had that sense of humor where I really like that kind of obviousness going, what did he just say what I was thinking? Yeah. You know, and so that's kind of my style. Very Dennis the Menace, 
of comedy in the sense of uh, I'm trying to fool you. I'm being honest with the fact that I'm not fooling you because you, you're getting the gist and then yeah. I do fool you at the end yeah. of it, you know? So. When you have hair that looks like this, it's obviously intentional. Correct. At what point? <laughs> you didn't do you the thing really? yeah. perfect. At what point in your career did you go, this is going to be my thing? When I grew up, I grew up looking at stars that I thought were amazing, meaning Lucille Ball, Liberace, um, Howard Stern, um, like people that were just iconic for their looks, you know what I mean? Um, and the way they looked and talked. And so I went, well, I, people don't know who I am. I could do good magic, but I felt like you needed the whole package. I called the Ronald McDonald factor. You know what I mean? Um, you go to McDonald's, you see Ronald McDonald, you know from the age of what, two or three, what Ronald McDonald is. Yeah. And it's hamburgers and it's a beautiful thing. So I thought, man, I need something that, before I'm famous or people know who I am, I want to look like I'm somebody before I am somebody, or at least have the package sorted out. So I always kept trying different hairstyles and looks. And I always liked Fido Dito. I liked Rod Stewart and all that stuff. And I remember seeing Rod Stewart and Phyllis Diller, the, the older comedian. And I, and I saw her on like, I think it was Scooby-Doo or something like that. And I was like, they got a cool look. There's no magician that looks like this. Usually slick back hair is black with a mustache or a beard being mysterious. Yeah. And I thought no one kind of has this. The only magician that, that was really famous that had blonde hair was Siegfried from Siegfried and Roy. But he always was classy and had combed. So I thought, well, Phil Stiller's done it. Rod Stewart can do it. And I saw Rod Stewart on an MTV show and he was walking out. He was in the late 40s at the time. I was a kid, so I thought he was old. Now I don't feel that way <laughs> so much. And um, I was like, well, he's cool looking and he's old. And he can, he's got the hair. This hair will last, this hair could actually go through my whole career. So I remember camping one day as a teenager, 17, 18, a bunch of girls and guys were all camping after school on the weekend. And I, I used to comb my hair nice, you know, almost like yours, proper. And it was long, kind of hung down the Brad Pitt thing when he oh, first yeah. started. Yeah. And I woke up from the tent and my hair was all like this, yeah. making coffee in the morning around the campfire. And one of the girls said, man, your hair looks kind of cool and look kind of cute that way. I thought, well, if it looks cool and cute at eight in the morning, might look cool and cute at eight at night on stage. Sure. So I started kind of messing it up and playing with colors and, and style. And I thought, you know what, this kind of works for my look, you know, and, and gives me something to hide behind as well. Because I'm naturally kind of shy, a little bit introverted. You probably never know that. But, you know, in, in the business, a lot of us hide behind our look and our characters. So it gave me a little facade to kind of play behind, you know, it didn't have to just be all me, you know. So if you're naturally an introverted person and you're naturally you know, not as extroverted and outgoing. Is that just a character on stage? Yeah, I think it is. You know, I mean, when I do, when I go on to do shows, when I tour, even here, not so much here because I just come to work and I look the part, but when I'm on the road, though, we land, do a tech the next day. And I always do the tech with a baseball cap on and I don't shave and I'm going to dress pretty casual. Um, but then for the show, I'll obviously come down, get ready and the hair will be up and I'll shave and look the part and all that, put the eyeliner on, the proper glasses and all that, my black frame glasses. And it's interesting when I do walk in and the promoters are there for the show and that they go, oh my God, that's the guy we hired. That, and I like that moment. It's, a, it's almost that Superman moment where you kind of go, Ken Clark, what? And they, oh my God, that's the guy we hired. And so I kind of like doing that the day of the show, not before mm -hmm. it. I don't want to, because I, I, I want them to see me as a normal person, which I am, and, and very casual. But do, when I do come on that stage, I do feel like I hide. When I come from my suite or my hotel room down to the theater, yeah, yeah. I do feel like, all right, I'm ready to get attention, be funny. This is what they paid for. Yeah. You know, and when I walk in, I was like, oh my God, that's the guy. That's the guy I want a picture with. You right. know? Yeah, you don't have the guy with the hat on. That's, that's, that's not what I, that's not why right. I created what I look like. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So You have such an impressive following on YouTube. Almost 2 million. Closing yeah. on 2 yeah, million Yeah, we're getting right there, now. yeah. How much has YouTube changed magic? It really has a lot, you know. 
I mean, back in the day when I had YouTube, when it first started, I just uploaded my TV stuff on YouTube. So it was me performing a proper show. Yeah. And then that would be up there. And, and it wasn't a business. It was just to have it up there for exposure or maybe agents to see to book me or whatever the heck it was. And then we, of course, designed the other channel, which is Magic Murray, and, and where we started really looking at what works online. And it was a whole different format, a whole different formula. And my YouTube partner, Seth Leach, who I credit for all this because he's a young kid, could be my son. And he came to me saying, I love your stuff. You're amazing. I've seen your YouTube. No one's watching. I'm like, well, that's a back-headed compliment. <laughs> I was like, you're amazing, but no one's seeing you. I'm like, oh, that's good. So I said, well, all right. He said, well, I can create something really cool for you to be seen. But you got to listen to me. I said, all right, I'll listen to you. He says, no more suits. Quit wearing that blue suit you used to wear and all this stuff. Don't look prepared. Wear jeans, T-shirt, be casual. Keep the hair and the glasses. That works. Uh, but let's be normal. Like, let's just, like, you're every day. Let's start doing the magic you do on stage guerrilla style on the streets, yeah. you know, uh, but, but really set it up as you're doing something wrong or right yeah. and see if that works. And so, so YouTube has changed that in a way. And also with YouTube, you have to play to one camera. And as you know, you play to the camera here, I can fool you this way. So I hold my hand up here. I can hide something behind my hand, right? Because you're right in front of me and the camera sure. has one eye, yeah. as you know. Um, but if you're right here to my left or right, you'll see what's behind my hand. So there's a lot of amazing YouTube magicians that can blow your mind away because they're right here. But if they were to go on a stage of a thousand people, they can't do it because you, because the art of magic should be fooling 180 degrees of people, if not 360, but at least 180, you know, like get them. So that's the good and bad thing with YouTube. You can look really amazing on YouTube without having the skill set because I have one eye looking at you. And right. I always tell people, you ever lie in bed? an hotel room or your own house and you, you open one eye, right? And you see half the room and you close one open, the, the other half of the room vanishes and the other half appears. Well, that's, that's your eyeballs, which is like an inch apart. Well, you have just a camera with one eye. Man, I can do miracles. If I can just have, if I had one person, just you and I, I yeah. can produce the world. When you have a thousand people spread across a theater, it's a different formula, you know, so. And YouTube's also, and TikTok, social media in general has kind of created this new style of magic. Like what Zach King is doing it's magic. Yes. But it's like... It's unbelievable. It, it, absolutely. But yeah. it's more like uh, they're like illusion. No, they're like special effects. Totally. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's an experience. Like, it really is an experience. Like, I love his stuff. He's phenomenal. He's, he's got a big team behind him, a lot of time, a lot of money and all that. Like, he really does put the time into that. And see, now that I love because he's going the extra mile and he really is fooling you. And, and he's not trying to say he has a power in it. He's just going, I got a cool video. Yeah. I'm going to freak you out. Um, so he's not trying to say he has a special power or he's whatever. He's going, I'm just going to entertain you. And, and I think that's great. And he's used, really used the medium to the best that I've ever seen online. It's you know? fascinating when he shows yeah. like the behind the scenes of how he does it. Yeah. Because the intricate details that he's putting into oh. these tricks, it's yes. unbelievable. Because you don't even see the switch out. Like you don't even see that frame when it changes from the cardboard cutout to the real person or yep. the mountain to the whatever the heck it is. Like it's really, once again, it's a lot of time and effort and, you know, and that isn't one camera, one shot. That's a lot of pre-planning, a lot of getting that camera angle bang on for that moment, you know. It's the new year, which means new habits for a lot of people. Maybe you want to lose some weight. Maybe you want to eat a little bit better. Well, if you're looking to eat better and save money this year, cut back on those expensive takeout meals and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up some restaurant quality meals right from your own kitchen. And they've got so many different options, so much flavor, and they're 
perfect size portions ready in less than 15 minutes. So you can have taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes, mm, or Southwest pork and bean burritos. They've got a lot of different options of like meal types you can have, meat and veggies, family friendly, quick and easy. I'm on the fit and wholesome meal and my wife Rachel and I love cooking up these meals because you open up the box and everything you need is right in there. So no more trips to the grocery stores. No more asking, what do you want to eat tonight? I don't know. What do you want to eat tonight? Because you just open up the box and boom, it's right there. So go to hellofresh.com slash insight22 and use the code insight22 for 22 free meals plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash insight22. Use the code insight22 for 22 free meals plus shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. So as magic continues to evolve and you've got a show at the Tropicana, how does the show continue to evolve? I start bringing in elements <clears throat> that I'm known for. So like in my show now, I have Houdini's original handcuffs in that show because they, for people that have seen me on Pawn Stars, that's a cool idea. The holy smokes, they're right here. Yeah. And I actually lock myself in them and I get out of them. At the same time, I bore a watch and a ring from somebody and the watch and the ring vanish and I get out of the handcuffs at the same time and the watch is now somewhere else. And the ring's here. So it's a whole little, and I also get a, a minute to share a bit of the history and historical knowledge of that, you know, and then also I'll do a couple of bits where I talk about fooling cops on my YouTube channel because that's kind of my angle, parking pranks and cop yeah. pranks and homeless tricks to the homeless and giving them, you know, giving back to the homeless. And then there are things that, that are buzz things that people like to look at and watch. And I'll do a couple of bits in the show where I'll set it up that if they haven't seen my YouTube, I'll say, well, there's a bike cop over here and I was drinking in public where I'm not supposed to be. And here's what happened. And then left use my guest act. He's been with me for years and one of my best friends. He'll act as that cop and they can recreate the scene. So those who don't see my YouTube or even know what I'm talking about, they can still be entertained. And those who are a fan, they go, oh my God, I remember that clip that got 100,000 or 100 million views 
Um, he's redoing it on stage in real time. And the way I set it up is you might think I'm editing stuff online, which I don't do. Any of my YouTube videos I never edit. It's, it's one take, one shot. There's not an edit from the time we do the trick to the time it ends. And I always tell people, watch my stuff. You'll see it. there's no edit. Yeah, you know? it's so impressive. You know, and that was one of my big goals with YouTube because I can edit anything. We, you and I could edit a trick right now and make, make it look amazing unbelievable which Zach King does but he doesn't hide that fact like yeah. you know Zach's going hey I'm just here to I'm just yeah, here to pretend not a chance yeah so with me it's the same way in the sense of it's one camera one shot no ads until the trick happens so when you do see me on YouTube you're really seeing it in real time you know what I mean now do will I use things like a tree or a hedge that's right there that I'm using that that's you can see to help my trick oh of course I will sure. you know what I mean yeah. but if you were standing with that camera with my guy I'd still fool you in that shot you know what I mean so so I try to be true to my roots of really doing the trick in real time. So I try to bring it to the show a little bit. What do you think's the thing? Cause you've done so many different things and you're recognizable for so many different things. What's the thing that really took you to the next level? Two things. I think, you know, it's funny. I could ask that question a lot. And I, it wasn't that one, like Justin Bieber moment, you know, where, you know, Usher found me or JT and then they, from the YouTube and then all of a sudden you're opening for them and that, well, away we go. Right. You know what I mean? Um, or Buble with David Foster. And then there goes the album and away we go, you know? So, I, I think with mine, it was little successes, you know, uh, one was being on America's Got Talent, you know, don't forget, I was on the fifth season of that. And that was before we were allowed to use social media, no Twitter, no Instagram. I didn't even think Instagram was around at the time, uh, Facebook. And, and that was like I said, season five, 2010. So we didn't have that element. So when it was on TV doing that live, we had 22 million people watch us live. That's a lot for a live show. Yeah. Any, now it's about 8 million, which is still a lot, but 22 is kind of hard to understand. So literally the next day at the airport, people were walking up to me going, oh my God, where's the tiger? Oh my God, where's the tram? I'm like, where's it? you watch the show? Like, I'm like, you actually, with 22 million, yeah, they did, you know, because you will run into enough people that did see it because it happened to be the hottest show that year, that sure. time. So, so that, you know, that's one of those aspects where it's, it's kind of neat having that, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's such a big stage to be on. Yes. And when you're fooling, the, this is the best part about those types of shows, is we put ourselves into the shoes of the judges. We yep. become them. Totally. But they're, oh my God, how'd you do that? That's so impressive. And I feel like that just rubs off and everyone goes, well, if, if those judges are impressed, I've got to be impressed too. That's right. And it's in real time. It really is. That's the great thing about AGT. It is in real time. So if you're watching, you're seeing it. They're not doing cramming or editing. That's That would take away the talent, you know? So that, that is kind of a cool thing. And then after that, I got Pawn Stars which, as a magic expert. So that was cool too. So I had two hit shows back to back that put me on as a guest star yeah. or whatever, you know, now regular on, on Pawn Stars, but you know, still guesting. Um, so that really, that really pushed me into people's lives every day. Somewhere in the world, you can probably see me. You know, and so I got very lucky with that. And, and Pawn Stars are now very dear friends of mine, Rick and Chum and Corey and all the guys, you know, so. How do you yeah. convince America's Got Talent to give you a tiger? Boy, not easy. You know, <laughs> let me tell you I, that, you know, so when I went on that show, they said, what do you want to do? So I said, I want to make a car. Uh, I want to make a car up here. And they said, um, I don't know if we can do that. I said, well, I don't want to do the show then. And they said, what do you mean? I said, I've watched your show. I need to do something you've never done before. Yeah. And I need to do something that I need. I want it on TV. And I've never done it on TV before. And I, you have never had that. And so I want to create something that, so well, how about a car? You know, how about a, a, one of those tricks? You cut a girl in half. I said, you're going you're gonna to X me. I'm not going to get X. Uh, I'm okay, okay doing one episode and not winning. I'm not here to win. I get, I get the deal. I'm not, but I want to do something special. So I ended up producing a car, which they said, finally, yes. And then they said, what are you going to do next? And I said, because everything I did in America's Got Talent, I'd never done in my life before. Wow. I created especially for the show because I was thinking as a producer, not a magician. 
And I've always done that. And every time I do TV, I always think of the director, the producer, never the talent. Because I go, what would I want that guy to be? You know, I really put myself in a third person going, what would I? So as a magician on AGT, you either make an elephant appear, a car vanish, uh, a tiger. If you ask any, a rabbit out of a hat, whatever a middle of America would say, that's what I try to do. Yeah. So a tiger. And so I said to him, I said, I can make a tiger appear. Can you? I said, yeah. I said, you know what? How much is it going to cost? So I called my friends who had tigers, a trainer, and a, and a cage that I could put them in because I didn't know any of this I stuff. I called my friends who yeah. had tigers. Yeah, can you believe that? I know, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and Randy Miller, who's a dear friend of mine, and he's the one that you, um, uh, if you ever saw the movie Gladiator, they had tigers, yeah. and that's his tigers. Oh, wow. And for commercials and all that. And so they're very famous tigers in their own right. So I, I talked to him and I got the trick and I rented it and I didn't know how to do the damn thing. So I'm practicing this thing. We're at AGT. We have this thing there. Now, of course, we got PETA, who's not happy with the situation as well. And um, and it, the, the tire was treated really well. Huge race car trailer, air conditioned. I mean, the thing got better accommodations I've ever had in my life. Uh, and it had a second tiger too, because you always bring two tigers, which I didn't know this until then. Because if one's having a bad day, guess what? It's having a bad day, and you don't win. Like it's, it's a tiger. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you know what? Okay, you just relax, your partner. So you use the other tiger, and hopefully they're nice. So, so when this thing pulled on a lot, everyone came out of the woodwork. I, I saw producers I didn't even know were on in the building because they don't get to see the upper execs. Yeah. But they're paying for it, so like we're gonna see the damn tiger. So we go in there and the tigers, they're gorgeous things. So we're rehearsing. Peter's on set because we got it clear by Peter because we are at CBS lots. It was a big thing. And so they're there. We finished the rehearsal. I do it three times. The girl's in the box. Curtain drops. Tiger's supposed to be there. First time I do it, the uh, curtain half dropped. Then I had the tiger and the girl in the box at the same time. And I'm like, they're both safe, but they're both there. And I'm like, okay, let's reset it. Did it again. The curtain uh, wouldn't fall. Okay, did it again. You only allowed 15 minutes of rehearsal because, you know, there's a lot of acts. Yeah. Did it again. The curtain dropped. The second part of the curtain wouldn't drop. So it was covered, but now I couldn't reveal there was a tiger there. So Jason Raff walks up to me. He's the executive producer. And I've known him for years. He walks up and he goes, hey, Mer, um, this trick that they spent a lot of money getting out there. I said, this trick, if this doesn't, like, if this, if we can't see the tiger, there's nothing I can do to make this look magical or put you through. Like, there's nothing, just, you know, there is nothing I can and he walks away. I'm like, okay, got it. So I looked at my buddy Lefty, who's with me everywhere I travel. I said, we got to fix this damn curtain thing. So I spent literally eight hours in that parking lot pulling the curtain. It was like OCD times 10. I was like, we got, this curtain's got to drop. Because if it's, if, if, even if we, the, the trick works, if that curtain's jammed, I can't show the damn tiger. Right. Tiger. So we did that. And, and then when you actually watch that clip online, when I pull, I literally pulled the pin because the pins got stuck. I pulled that pin so damn hard so it revealed a tiger. I got off the ground about three feet, if you look at me. And when I look back, I was so thrilled that there was a tiger sitting there. I was more excited than the audience because <laughs> I was like, oh, Christ, it worked. So I, I literally looked at the audience. I, I was just as happy as them. And I was like, and that was the end. As soon as we finished, the tiger went back to the farm, which is in Big Bear, a uh, big ranch, like 35 acres they had to roam on. And the, the trick went back to the person I rented it from. I'm like, we're never doing that again. Thank you. Good night. It worked. <laughs> So that's how you get a tiger wow. on all this set. But, but, we, but the next day after we did the rehearsal, because you shoot the next day, right? Five o'clock, which is eight o'clock East Coast. And at three o'clock, I get a phone call saying, hey, Mer, if we can't produce the tiger in the box, what do you think about producing like David Hasselhoff? Because David Hasselhoff had just left the show. Or maybe Nick Cannon. I'm like, I don't need a box that big to produce those people. That's not a trick. Like a tiger, well, Peter's giving us trouble. We're not sure yet. I'm like, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. We go live in two hours. It's like, all this money spent. I've got rented people we got. I said, are you kidding me? So we go back to, well, you know, they're a little concerned about the tiger. I said, I said, there's not enough holes in the top of the cage. We want an air conditioner put in. I'm like, 
Great. Well, so we got an air conditioner put on top, blew the air. It, like I said, this is a better than one bedroom part in New York City with a damn tiger. <laughs> and we did the whole thing, what they said. And sure enough, they, they approved it literally at the last second and we did it. But I was like, okay, I'm done. We're not doing this. Wow. Yeah. So that was, but we did it and we, and we got the footage and it was wonderful. The tiger was treated very, very well. You know, because I'm a huge animal. Better than you. Know. you. Yeah. Clearly. And the animals are always treated well. In my world, they are because I'm a huge animal advocate. You know, keeping them safe. Man. So that's how you get a tiger on there. I'll never do it again. But I, That's impressive. You know, but. Have you had a trick go poorly in front of your audience here? Yes. And how do you recover from that? You pass out. And then when you wake up, <laughs> <laughs> I've, you know, I've, I, I'm very fortunate because I always have outs on tricks. So every trick I have, even if it goes south, I do have a backup plan. It may not be the greatest solution, but it's one to keep it going. I really hate when things go south and then um, no one can recover. You know what I mean? Because as a professional entertainer, you should be entertaining. Like I think, you know, especially as a magician, everything's supposed to be magical, sure, right? You know, yeah. So, so yeah, when things have gone wrong on stage, I always had an out, and usually at the end of it, I go, "Well, thank God we got through that," because it was not the way that was supposed to happen. But there has been moments where I remember I had one thing happen. This is recently where I play tic tac toe with somebody. So, so you pick a card and you pick something out of a bag, and I don't know what it is. So say it's seven diamonds and, and like a pink bow. I go great, remember that. I don't know what that is. And we, you and I play tic tac toe, nine squares on a on a clear board mm. that's all attached. So X is over. We play the whole board and no one wins. I got too bad. I said, by the way, Chris, what was your thing you picked? And so I picked seven of dimes. I picked the red one. I said, really? And then when I turn, because it's a clear uh, board that we're playing against and they're magnetic X's and O's. So you can't, they're solid squares. So yeah. you can't see. So when it's solid, so when I, but when I turn it around, you see the back of it, it has a prediction, your card, seven of dimes and the, the item that you chose. So literally I'm putting on the last X as I'm talking to the audience. I go, here you go. The, the stand that's on, the stand slowly tips over, falls. All the pieces fall apart. And the whole thing just fell apart. Like literally the whole board fell apart. X's O's stand. Everything was gone. <laughs> it was like in the Wizard of Oz, the witch goes right. down. Yeah. I'm like, and I, had, and I had nothing. I was like, I couldn't even, I made a joke. I said, just, you know, uh, in about 30 minutes, it'll be on eBay starting at $9.99 as an offer. First big takes it. And I made some joke like that. My stage tech took it all off stage because the, the stand fell and then everything else just fell apart around it. So I, I couldn't, there's no way I could get to the damn trick. So I went off stage and my guest deck was on and we reset the whole trick back up. And they go, do you guys want to say that tic-tac-toe thing again? I said, cause, and they were like, of course, cause now they're like, this is, so I redid the trick. And we got it right, you know, because when something falls apart that badly, at least I got a good laugh out of it. Yeah. I made a joke and that's what happens, but I didn't give the trick away either because I didn't get to the point of yeah. the trick. But the amazing thing is as soon as I put that last thing on, all I had to do is grab the board and turn it and the trick would have been over. And I just talked to the audience once and just like God, the whole thing went on. <laughs> Christ, that's the end of that. So you make the best out, right? So We've talked so much about tricks and illusions here. Yeah. Could you show us something? Yeah. If you want to see something. I'd love um, to. So, because um, we're in the studio, there's not much around, but can, um, I borrow like a, a bill from you, five, ten, one dollar bill or something okay, like that. let's see. If you got something handy. Who has money anymore, exactly. right? Exactly. We're in Vegas, you know, at a casino, right? Okay. You're That's in luck. A, sure. <laughs> what do you got? A dollar Look at I'm you. Rich. Big, you big spender. <laughs> yeah. Look at that, huh? So, it's a regular dollar bill. I'm going to do it on this camera so you guys okay. can see what I'm doing yeah, here. Yeah, let's see. And you have a watch. All right. So, it's a dollar bill, right? A yeah. regular dollar bill. And you fold this up here. And this comes in really handy if you're in Vegas, of course like you and I are right now, you fold this up, right? And you just crack it like that. That's it. That's all you got to do like this. And if you go really careful, you're going to love this. Oh, really yeah, we can actually do this uh, on the casino. We'll probably make a lot of money if we just do it like this. Like here, see? Like that. 
like that. See? I see what's happening. See wow. Like that. A $100 bill. <laughs> was, wow. You 100x my money. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Huh? And that's real. Yeah. That's, real, yeah. So that's how you make money in Vegas. What? Isn't that crazy? Where's my dollar? Gone. Are you worried about the dollar right now? Are you really worried about that, Chris? Come on now. Come on. You're a smart man. Oh, my gosh. That is impressive. I'm going to put that right there. There you go. See? (laughs) You're so incredibly talented at everything that you do. Um, (laughs) Such a pleasure to dive into this conversation with you. Gratitude is such a big part of my life. And I end every conversation talking about gratitude. I wake up every day. I say out loud three things that I'm grateful for. And that's that's how we end all these. So Mm -hmm. what are three things in your life, Murray, that you're grateful for right now? I think the three things, I mean, it's only three. I'm so grateful. So start many things, with you know? All right, let's start. Well, you know, I'm grateful for um, my wife, you know, Danny. She's phenomenal. Um, she supports all my crazy ideas and who I am and accepts me for who I am. And that's the greatest thing, you know, accepting somebody for who you are and doesn't judge you. So that's, that's pretty awesome. That alone. Um, I'm grateful um, for my health. You know, I'm super grateful for being healthy and I don't take a day for granted because they always say health is wealth and go, ah, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you see friends that, that aren't as lucky and you go, wow, you know what? That could happen to any one of us. So I'm really um, thankful for that, you know, and also I'm thankful, you know, in a way I, I love giving back to the community. I love helping people out. Like it's, it's I get off on it. It's a high for me. So I think I'm also really thankful and grateful for that. I am in a public position that I can give back to charities and do magic and shows for free to help raise money and help other causes. Because you don't, when you are in trouble, you don't realize how in trouble you are. You know what I mean? And, and how, how lucky you are to be where we are. You know what I mean? So I think those are three things, you know, that, that I'm really thankful. I mean, there's a lot more things, you know, my right. dogs. Those are three great things, things. You know, what are you? Oh, thankful for, like, I, or at least today, what are you thankful for? I don't know. Yeah, this morning. Health, you know? health is a, a big one mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that, you know, there's that phrase that I love. It's uh, yeah, a healthy person has a thousand problems and a sick person has one. Mm-hmm. And I think about that all the time. So I'm super grateful to be yeah. healthy. Yeah. I just recently got married. No way. Yeah. Congratulations. When did you get married? Three weeks ago. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Recent. Like December 17th. And you're still married? I'm still married. See, they said it wouldn't last time. I know. Look at I've that, been married huh? since last year. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Look at you, trooper. Good for you. Congratulations. So I'm super grateful for my wife. She's just the best partner that I could possibly imagine. Actually, I had her on an episode. She'd okay. never done an interview ever. All right. And I said, I want to interview you. I want everybody to get to know who Rachel is. Good for you. So how'd it go, Greg? Great. How, how did you find interviewing your now wife? Was it interesting asking her questions that maybe you wouldn't have known or didn't know? Because, you know, that's yeah. that's kind of the fun thing about an interview. Or was there yeah. things that she answered that you thought, oh, that's interesting? Definitely. Okay. It was, you know, we weren't in the studio here. It was very laid back. Yep. We went to the mountains. We were mm-hmm. in Idlewild. Yep. I was drinking a drink. She's pregnant soon. Yeah, I was yep. drinking for yeah. three at that Good point. For you. Good for you. Right? <laughs> so it was much more laid back, but that was sure. really cool. That's awesome. And also, I'm just grateful for opportunities. Like the fact that you and I are sharing a conversation right now, yeah. the fact that we live in a time where we can have YouTube channels and podcasts. Yeah. Grateful for that. Super lucky. What yeah. a cool way of getting your word out there and sharing it. And realistically, it doesn't cost that much to do that. Meaning my mom can go on YouTube and upload a video if she wants. And she's 83. Yeah. You know, what a yeah. cool way, you know, back in the old days and to get any exposure, you'd have to take an ad out in a newspaper. Right. You know what I mean? Or whatever. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. if you want to go live now, you push a button on your phone. It's ridiculous. If you wanted to go live 10 years ago, you had to own a TV station. Yeah. Or stand on your balcony and scream loud. <laughs> that too. <laughs> More of the Renaissance era. <laughs> What's the best way that people can find you and how should they check you out? 
You can go on my website, which is murraymagic.com. It has all the links right pretty much there for everything. Um, I had my comedy special come out a few weeks ago, and it's on there as well. And my kid's book and everything else I do, because I love to keep busy. Um, and that's the best thing. You can find me on Instagram, Murray Saw Chuck, you know, Murray the Magician. Just Google Murray uh, the Magician. You'll see more than you probably want to really see. <laughs> Murray, this was such a pleasure. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Come see my show sometime. Uh, next time I'm here. Done. That was just so impressive. And that's one way to get a 100x return on your investment. So good. You got to check out the clip. I'm going to post it on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I'll, I'll put it everywhere so you can check that out. Big thank you to Murray for joining us in the studio. I just love having magicians on the show. We've had a lot of Vegas magicians on the show. Chris Angel, Matt Franco, Jen Kramer, and Xavier Mortimer. So you can go check those interviews out in the interview archives on the podcast. If you enjoyed this, please snap a screenshot, share this with a friend, and tag us on social media so we can share it out as well. Murray's at Murray Sawchuck. I'm at Chris Van Vliet, and I'll leave you with the words of Anne Frank, who said, whoever is happy will make others happy too. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.